Welcome back to the next episode of the Mass Business Podcast. My name is Matt Ward and I am your host. Today, I've got a great guest for you. Her name is Susan McConnell. Susan is a LinkedIn and sales performance coach. She's also the president of Diversified Sales Solutions and Smarketing Connect. She's the go-to expert for professionals who are looking for an efficient and customized way to acquire more premium clients and referral partners without being spammy, gross, or plain salesy. In this episode, we're going to dig into Susan's growth as a consultant and a performance expert in the growth of her business. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today, you never know where your next referral will come from. All right. Welcome to the show, Susan. Happy to have you on. Thanks, Matt. Happy to have you on. And you can mail that Hershey bar to my house. <laughs> I bet. You know, that's a five pound Hershey bar. I give it away on stage when I speak in person as a total surprise to an audience member. That's awesome. And that thing is 40 bucks. My like, father. That doesn't include shipping. I know. My father would love it. I was telling somebody yesterday, I make up these. He had all these sayings. Any day without chocolate is a bad day. Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of chocolate in my house. Being being gr Growing up in Hershey and from Hershey, I have a oh, lot of... there yeah. you go. Yeah, mm. so that's the connection to the Hershey bar that's on stage, a, and I tell a lot of stories it. about Hershey. So speaking of telling stories, why don't you tell everybody in under 30 seconds what it is you do in simple terms? Yeah, sure. I help my clients predictably find a process and a way to use LinkedIn as a lead generation tool. What that means is I get them out of their comfort zone, to do the processes and things they knew need to do on LinkedIn to acquire clients. Simple. From Got beginning it. to end. So, um, and how long have you been in business? Hmm. So I've been in sales for well over 25 years. I started our sales consulting company. We were in about nine years, myself and my partner. Okay. Go back to that nine years ago. Oh. Okay. What was it like just starting out? It's awesome. You know, <laughs> that thrill, that's that thrill of we can do this. We can do something that no one else has ever done. As I wrote in my book, we can make more money, more, get more time and get more freedom. It's exciting. And then within though. six months, you realize you're not getting those three things, right? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth though. But that adrenaline and the brain power and that creativity that you come up with when you're that excited in your beginning is amazing. Yeah. We just talked to somebody on the podcast recently who who said that um, she got laid off from her job and it yep. it took her five years to get back to the same run rate. But she was so happy that she got there. She remembered that that day it was five years pretty much to the day that she was making the same amount of money she was made, making before she got laid off but wow, the journey is so great as a solopreneur right i mean it's oh, different yeah. because you get to control your own destiny 
Um, mm-hmm. What were some of the challenges you ran into when you first started your business nine years ago? Um, one, lack of capital. So we had to do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we came and, and as we were meeting with clients, we say, you know, do what you do best and outsource the rest. Yet we weren't doing what we were saying because we couldn't. So it was, it's the hours and it's the time and it's the details that you, if you get stuck in the details and you're not out meeting and talking with people, you're, you're not going to grow your business. You're going to have a lot of stuff, tactics. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that you talk about that because I think so many times the, the business owners are their the the cobbler's kid shoes scenario right when i had mm-hmm. my web agency the last thing we were doing was our own website right um and i think marketing people don't do their own marketing as good as they should be they don't put the time and the effort into that type of thing and it's consistently an issue for sure um oh, yeah. when you know i know that when i had my web agency i tried many many things over time to grow mm-hmm. it and i was just I just failed so many, so many times. Um, it's probably too many to count, I'm going to guess, in the nine years. But, you know, w- when you fail in your business, when you fail with a strategy, when you fail with a tactic, when you fail with a, a day's worth of work or you fail to get a bid for a client or, or win a client over, what do you do to bounce back from that? Hmm. I think it's different today than it was nine years ago because when we failed nine years ago, we didn't take that failure and learn and grow from it. And I think that's what I do now that I didn't do back then. We'd lose a client and it was like scrambling and like, what, you know, not, we didn't say, well, what did we do wrong? What can we do better? And how can we make, take with this and go forward? We just sort of jumped into trying to find the next client and, and continually sort of kind of went down that same road Mm -hmm. today failures that you make or what i do wrong i said well how why did this not work was it what i said was it what i did was it the strategy anything behind what it is and how do i change that so that the results are different going forward or should i change the entire thing and i think and maybe we get into this a little bit later is that we used to fail and then we just kind of rely on each other to figure out how we move forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas today I hire coaches. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't see what you're failing at. Yeah. You can't, as, as I like to say, you can't see the label from inside the jar. No, exactly. Yeah. Right. And it's like, we're relying on each other, but yet others are seeing things that we're not seeing. And I did gymnastics in college. I had a coach my whole life. Why I never mm-hmm. realized that I should do that up until the last few years is beyond me, but it's been great. It's because you didn't pay for that coach. I mean, you yep. paid in a different way, right? It was a conduit through the college fees or the scholarship. That's how they got paid. You didn't have to write a check every month for this coach. And so when we have to write a check for a coach to help us better, we tend to hesitate to write that check. My coach told me years ago in the web design uh, business, he, he said, whenever you do anything, analyze it this way with four questions. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? Would I do it again? And if so, what would I do differently? And I analyze so much of my life that way now. I analyze my vacations that way because I wanted to say, okay, did I maximize my opportunities? 
did I minimize my risks and exposures, you know? And I, I just think that there's so much to, to learn and glean from ourselves. We talked to another podcast guest recently, and she was talking about um, really just a sort of inter, inter internal perspective and just kind mm -hmm. of, you know, thinking about things yourself and um, sort of dialing in on yourself a little bit more to kind of help make better decisions moving forward. Do you find yourself actually doing that? Like the, the corrective actions consistently now? I mean, later in the nine year journey, right? You've learned so much in the first four or five years that you're starting to figure out the better path to take when it comes to challenges and and even successes. What did I, you know, how did I win this job? How did I win this client? You know, and yeah. kind of revisiting that in your head almost, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And um, as I said, one of my more recent coaches said to me, he's like, you, when you finish a meeting, you have to take 10 seconds. How'd it go? Was it good? Was it bad? What did I do right? What did I do wrong? So that if you did something wrong, that the next time that you won't do that wrong. And you're right. Those four questions that that coach taught you, invaluable. Mm. So as, as, as you've gone through nine years of business ownership now, what do you think the biggest lesson you've learned is throughout that nine years? Hmm. I think I'm going to go with the higher coaches along the way. Yeah. If you're stuck, hire coaches. And I, I, and I know this is, you know, kind of like back, I don't know, even eight, nine years ago when you thought of a coach, it was, I think, not a great sort of feeling mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. but the way everything has, you know, sort of transgressed over the, the years, um, there are so many people and coaching isn't just coaching. It's, there are specialties of coaching and people mm -hmm. do different things. So if you find the thing or the person that you need to help you get there, hire them because they can get you there and you may not be able to do it by yourself. That's the mm -hmm. unfortunate thing of being, you know, a solopreneur is you, you, you're, you think you're alone, but you don't have to be. Yeah. It, it's so interesting. I, I, um, I, I wrote in my new book about this idea about imposter syndrome, right? That we often mm -hmm. think that we don't know what we don't know. And yet we know so much. And then in this idea that, um, we don't know a lot, we tend to break that idea when we start to talk to other business owners and start to understand that they actually have the exact same problems and challenges that we have. We just think we're the only ones that have them because we haven't voiced them to someone else. And so whether you yeah. voice it to a business coach or whether you voice it in a mastermind group to a colleague, it doesn't matter who you voice it to, you're gonna start to realize that these problems exist in every business. It's a sales problem. It's a staffing problem. It's a time management problem. It's a finance yeah. money problem, right? Right. It's they all fall into the same categories. Yeah, it's the truth. And find where you can find those people to help you. It could be like I um, facilitate a networking group every week, and it's just marketing and sales professionals. And I used to sort of bring them around to learn how to refer to each other because they don't know how, which is interesting. And, but I also found that they all have a lot of like problems that they want to discuss. And so we started to change the meeting a little bit and entertain that. And they're like, it's super helpful for them. It's super valuable. And it's kind of a great way to 
have a well-rounded meeting. Yeah. Now, when, when it comes to um, business growth tactics for yourself and your partner, what are you guys focused on these days to drive more business for your, for your organization? You know, it's interesting. Um, the more I think about this, the more I used to tell people like I'm a jack of all trades and master of none. Mm -hmm. And so what I had to do is internally say, what do I do best? And take what I do best and go for it. And my partner and I used to do a lot of things together. And so we sort of separated because together we're the perfect salesperson. But he has his strengths and I mm -hmm. have mine. So mm -hmm. we have sort of split what we do. We have, you know, clients. And so I focused on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is what I do best. Mm -hmm. um, and it sort of happened, you know, just before the whole COVID thing. So it was kind of interesting that um, it sort of came to me. And so everything I do is steered on doing one thing and doing it well. And so your, your strategy moving forward, even through the back half of COVID, if this is the back half of COVID, um, is is LinkedIn strategy, LinkedIn building, and, and, yeah. and LinkedIn lead generation. What's his strategy? So Tom is that dangerous person between marketing and sales. And we all know that marketing and sales do not get along or they don't, they don't have the same brain. Marketing is information. Sales is, is close is, you know, bringing people into the company. And mm -hmm. sometimes you have that disconnect and mm -hmm. especially in a smaller company where you don't have as many people in those roles, he's that person that can take that marketing idea and get it to work through sales. Mm -hmm. and, and get projects done and managed on time. And that's what he does. And he's also a, a sales manager and, and a, a sales um, a sales coach where I'm, like I said, I'm more of the lead gen. I'm a hunter. And I, you know, I don't tell people that I'm a hunter because I'm a very, I don't teach it that way, mm -hmm. but that's what I do. I get appointments. I'm an appointment setter. I can get appointments like no other. Hmm. So that's where the two, the two ends of the coin. <laughs> Susan, where did that skill come from? Networking. It's just like you, you teach and preach. Um, yeah. I'm a networker. I meet a lot of people. I refer a lot of people. And it's always just been a skill that's in my head and I do it well. But, but so, so is that where the hunting part came from? The, the, yeah, the sales yeah. meeting part? Um, the hunting part is more came from my previous sales um, positions. I mean, I've gone in and out of doors, face to face, walked mm -hmm. in and out of doors, cold calling. I used to sit in a phone booth when phone booths before cell phones and shut the phone booth door. And my thing was I had to make a call until I got an appointment and I couldn't get out of this booth until I did it. Huh. And so you, you were making phone call, phone call, phone call, phone call, phone call. And so it's that it's using sort of your personality to get someone to actually talk to you um, and finding ways to, for, to, you know, get them to talk to you and to, you know, pick the phone up. So yeah, yeah, that's the hunting piece. And, but I don't do it in a, um, I don't know. I wouldn't even call it a traditional. I don't think of myself as a very um, in your face salesperson. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit more, not that I'm laid back. It's just that it, it's not as um, salesy, I guess. Yeah. Word. You know so I mean? you were knocking on doors years ago. Oh, yes. Pre-COVID, pre-2000 probably. Oh, um, yeah. Did you get a few doors slammed in your face? 
Um, Tell us about that time you got kicked out of a place. Oh, Get yeah. Get out of here. We I don't want you in it's here. It's so cool. So it's so I, cool. <laughs> it's so cool because it didn't happen a lot. And I hate to, you know, I, I don't actually want to go into the reason because we'll bring up a whole another can of worms. Um, but so I was selling electric contracts door to door. So I'd walk in and out of convenience stores, pizza shops, restaurants, so they're big electric users, liquor stores. So it was um, somewhere south of where I live. And I walked into a liquor store and, you know, I had a bag and I hadn't said one word. So it wasn't about me. That's the thing you have to kind of think about. And uh, I walked in and he, whoever was the owner, looked up and said, you're a salesperson. You need to leave. And I said, oh, wow, you're pretty astute. No problem. Have a great day. And I like walked out. Uh, and then sometimes, sometimes you should have turned around and tried to buy some liquor or something. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, so I didn't, it didn't dawn on me because I was so shocked because I'd never had that happen. And just like, like, so I always say kill him with kindness. Yeah. No. Wow. No problem. You have a great day. Like I want him to think, you know, cause, because it, it wasn't about me. Yeah. And that, and that's, that is the hardest You were probably the just the eighth one that day that walked in. Oh right. yeah. He like yeah. probably, you know. Maybe I could have been the eighth one. I could have, you know, he could just be having a bad day. And it was interesting. And then I used to teach my people. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, you, you when you used to walk in and out of doors, there was always the no soliciting sign. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd be like, yes, so. And so like, well, one, who's going to call you on it? Because people like to talk to people. And then two, if they do, you just say, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't see the sign. And then I had, you know, they wicked. Did you see the no soliciting sign? I'm like, oh, I'm not soliciting anything. I was just dropping off my card. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's that, but it's like getting rejected over and over and over again. You just realize that it's not about you. And that's the hardest thing to learn. How do you get that mindset? Like, especially for the people who are listening on their podcast app now or viewing on YouTube, how did they get to the mindset where it's not personal? Well, you know what? I, I all right. So this is, I don't know if this helps, but. It's it, this was a revelation for me and it wasn't happening when it just was by having it happen over and over. You sort of kind of get used to it and you learn that it's not about you. But if you think about this, it, it's if you, you know, do you, you know, think about what people think about you. So if you think about what people think about you, one, one, they're not thinking about you. And two, what you think they think about you is not really what they're thinking. So do you if they kick you out, it's it's not a reflection of, of you and your personality. So you just kind of, you got to make light of it and say, well, if that happened once and I talked to four other great people, I, it's just part of the, what has to happen. And you have to realize that not everybody is going to be attracted to you and not everybody's going to be your customer. And so you just want to just do your job to find those correct people because then when you do, it's awesome. Yeah. And it, I think it comes down to mindset, right? It, it's yeah, going to take it is, yeah. a lot of mental working out, um, even with a coach, theoretically, to get to the mindset place where you understand that this is just part of the process. It's not you. It's them. It's the way they reacted versus you. I mean, a lot of people have that fear of rejection. They want that um, need for approval. And so when they don't get it, they take it the wrong way. You know, oh, and yeah. at the end of the day, if we're not doing enough activity, right, we're not going to produce the results we need to produce. And we're going to be one of those SBA statistics they talk about in the first five years. Yeah. You know what, too? And another thing, the way to look at that, too, is what if you stayed and convinced that person to meet with you and they became a client? Mm. Probably your worst nightmare client. 
Yeah. You think about this because of the way that whole relationship started. Because you want to be like this when you teach clients. You want to be on the same level. You want to be in the same mindset. You want to have the same values. And so it's, I just feel like it's like a karma thing too. You're just going to say karma. That wasn't supposed to, wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think repeating that in your head constantly is going to be helpful as, yeah. as these solopreneurs and small business owners really start thinking about this fear of rejection, this concept. It's just constantly telling yourself, you know, they're not my ideal client. Remember, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Not everybody is your client. You don't need all these clients. You don't need thousands and thousands of clients. You need you know, a few dozen or maybe a hundred, depending on your business model and who you are and what you do and who you serve. Mm -hmm. So don't always think that you need every single client out there. Um, that's a, that's always a big challenge. Um, it is. I always love to dig into a couple questions that I like to have the audience, uh, you know, sort of, sort of, uh, hear from business owners, uh, as, as suggestions, things that can help them grow their business. So the first one is what software, would you recommend um, to help a small business owner grow, whether it be anything from accounting to market marketing software, whatever it might be, what software do you use that somebody could try out uh, to help them grow their business? Oh, interesting. Um, I use quite a few. Um, one is, I mean, this is basic a calendar. Yeah. It has reminders because if you're spending your time, setting up appointments and then sending out the reminders, you, how much time are you wasting? So there's a huge time. And like, I fought it for the longest time, but Calendarly is my friend and I love mm. it. And I, I can't even believe that I didn't, I fought it for so long because it saves me so much time to have all those reminders going on. I don't have to think about it. And people come to my meetings prepared with what they need. You did the same thing with me. I mean, I got reminders mm -hmm. and I'm mm -hmm. sure you automated yeah, it. Yeah, I use I use Book Like a Boss, right? Yep. Um, there's so many. Calendly, there's Acuity, there's many of them out there. So a calendar scheduling tool is is a great tool to systemize and optimize your business and save you a lot of time for sure. Tons of time. I and hate then, the back and forth. I have a ugh. mentor who just doesn't believe in using those. He finds them impersonal. And I find... I find not using them is impersonal. It's a huge time waste back and forth because I have people making suggestions to me for times and they just literally have no idea how booked my calendar is. And well, every you know time what? they're picking, it's blocked. There's two ways to handle that. One, yeah, 90% of the time you do that. And I do find that, and it's based on the messaging you see from somebody. You can kind of tell they're not like used to it. And I say, you know, if that, if that's not going to work with you, here are two times that I'm open. Let me know. And then I put them into the calendar. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you can kind of like, you know, yeah, it's impersonal and some people are fighting it, but more people are not. So you kind of got to, you know, yeah, use a little, you can use a little finesse with it. Sure. And then the next question is, I always love this question. Business books that you would recommend oh, uh, to our listening there. audience. Uh, what, what business books would be key for them to uh, read or listen to? Okay, so the one thing I forget the name of the author. I have them. Oh, don't have my my uh, iPad up here. The one thing. Yeah. Um, for me, that's by, fine. that's by that Gary Keller. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have two emotional intelligence books by Colleen Stanley, and it's okay. for sales. And then I think it's emotional intelligence for leaders, and it's the second one. Um, I teach emotional intelligence through LinkedIn. So for me, becoming a little bit more versed in emotional intelligence is 
how I help my clients. Mm -hmm. So how does, how does emotional intelligence play into the business owner strategy? Not so much the sales side, but actually from a business owner's perspective, why, why would a business owner listening to this podcast today um, want to read an emotional intelligence book? You know why? Because if you yourself are emotionally intelligent and understanding when you're discussing with somebody how they're going to react, you're going to have better skills to deal with that person the way they want to be deal dealt with, mm -hmm. not how you want to deal with them. It's not about you. It's about them. So if you're emotionally intelligent and you're using what I call emotionally intelligent skills, you will know how to get them to do or be or talk about the things they need to talk about so that you can work together. And that's, it's, I mean, it's a big buzzword, but it's really mm -hmm. just, and, and I, you know, I want to take it down to like, it's not about you. Right. Yeah. It's really about understanding another person so you can have better forms of communication then. Yeah. And asking good questions. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's that whole like thinking in their shoes, which is so hard to do, I think. Yeah. There's so many people out in the business world where they come across as it being all about themselves. And it's just, I mean, that's why I wrote a whole book on caring in business. It's how you get the referrals is you care about other people. And that's that is sweet. really focusing on other people, you know? And, and it's how I have people set up their LinkedIn profiles. I do, um, profile is the first thing I attack with somebody when I work with them because their profile setup is I have this degree. I have that degree. Mm -hmm. I have 14,000 titles with 14,000 letters after them that I don't, no one even understands and mm -hmm. who cares. Yeah. You want to attract people. You don't want them to go away and you can't attract them if it's all about you. Yeah, there you go. You heard it right here, folks. Susan said you can't attract them if it's all about you. If you want to, if, if you want to reach out to Susan, she's about to give you all her contact information right here. She's going to drop that knowledge right here. We're going to put it all on the show notes. Susan, how can people get in touch with you? If they want to hire you, talk about LinkedIn, or even just want to network with you, how can they get in, in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and if, you hear me on this and you mentioned this podcast, I'm happy to do a, a quick 15 minute profile analysis for you and review. Mm, there you go. Yeah. So you can reach me obviously on LinkedIn. It's Susan McConnell. And then you can reach me by email. It's very long. So it'll be in the show notes. So go there. It's S McConnell at diversified sales solutions.com. We couldn't get DSSI. So <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Um, and then we have a phone number as well, and that's 857-314-0868. Awesome. There you go. We're going to make sure we put all that in the show notes, a link to her website and all of that fun stuff so you can reach out to Susan McConnell and, and learn more about what DSSI does and how they can help you. And even just to network. I mean, she's local. She's she's in the Boston area. So make sure you reach out to her and and, and do some networking. And, and, and we'll also link to the uh, the books in the show notes so you guys can check those out on the emotional intelligence stuff and, and, uh, and the one thing. So we'll check it out. Susan, awesome. thanks so much for coming on the podcast. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app on your phone, make sure you smash that subscribe button. And uh, that way you're going to get all the episodes every single week that come out, including the one that comes out tomorrow and the next day and the next day, because we are an Every Business Day podcast. And we thank you very much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you smash that subscribe button and then the notification bell so that you get notified when all of our videos come up on the channel. And until next time, don't forget, to live happy, smile a lot, 
and high five everyone around you. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, all rights reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word-of-mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five. Everyone around you. Feeling all right. the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the world. Make a difference today. the world. What a thing to say. Feel what I'm telling you